Welcome to First State Insights, offering information, perspectives, and analysis for public policy, management, and community and economic development in Delaware. Hi, everyone, and welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the Institute for Public Administration. My name is Troy Mix, and I'm Associate Director at the Institute, which is a research and public service center in the University of Delaware's Biden School of Public Policy and Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. Thanks for tuning in today. On today's episode, we're joined by Gary Johnson, who is founder and director of First Founders Accelerator, which is Delaware's first startup boot camp designed to train early stage, underrepresented entrepreneurs to develop scalable businesses. The Accelerator aims to prepare underrepresented founders for success in the innovation economy. Gary and I spoke on April 23, 2020. We covered his background and motivations for starting First Founders Accelerator, the current status of and future plans for the program, and the climate for entrepreneurship in Delaware. Let's get to the conversation. So, Gary, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate it. Could you tell us a little bit, uh, just really briefly, what First Founders Accelerator is as we get started? Yeah, so the First Founders Accelerator is actually Delaware's first startup boot camp with a focus and mission to empower underrepresented entrepreneurs. Um, it's really an opportunity to develop local talent um, to start thinking at scale and developing solutions that can solve problems that aren't just going to meet the needs of you know other Delawareans, but potentially the needs of millions of Americans across the country or maybe even people all over the world. Okay, great. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to to start the accelerator at the at not the end of that background, but uh, when that started up? Yeah, so I went to uh, the University of Delaware for both undergrad and grad school. Um, during undergrad, I actually majored in exercise science because I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist, and. I wanted to be a physical therapist because I wanted to help people. I knew that I was passionate about helping people. And I thought that I wanted to do that by helping people get physically better. Um, and what I learned after getting to UD was that there were just so many other opportunities to be able to help people in really creative ways, in ways that I had never explored or, um, or been exposed to before. So, I discovered entrepreneurship through Horn Entrepreneurship at UD. And I sort of immediately began focusing more on entrepreneurship um, than my my major in exercise science. So I ended up picking up a, a minor in entrepreneurial studies and just fell in love with entrepreneurship and um, started participating in all the programs and opportunities that the university had to offer. Everything from first step uh, with the College of Health Sciences, to doing the pitch parties in the Venture Development Center. I would, you know, apply to Hen Hatch. I was in Venture On. Just all these different programs were out there. And for me, it was really an opportunity just to learn. Even if I didn't initially have an idea that I wanted to work on, I knew that there were resources and I knew that there was a community that would support me to, to figure it out. And that was just the most empowering thing for me. So when I first started out, I was doing pitch competitions and 
I was not very good at all, but I did challenge myself to go up there and come up with an idea and present it to an audience. And, you know, you live and you learn. And I just remember losing my first pitch competition on campus and walking out of the building and just telling myself, you know what, next time you got this. And from there is just where I, I just really devoted myself to, to practicing and reading and getting better and just, just learning, learning, learning. And I started utilizing different resources that the, the campus had to offer. And I would, um, I would attend conferences both locally. I would travel to, to Philly, travel to New York to go to different workshops. Um, and then also through Horn, I was able to travel across the country. And I was able to go to um, to more tech focused uh, conferences and events, and just learn from people who built incredibly large technology based companies um, that have they they've reached scale. They're making a difference in the world. And what I learned, sort of time and time again, was that there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. There wasn't a whole lot of representation of people from diverse backgrounds, and when I did see somebody who looked like me in entrepreneurship and in technology, that was like the most motivating thing. Cause then you see, Oh, that's what's possible. Like I, I've never seen somebody that looks like me, like building a technology company, right? Like that was just, we're not super exposed to that. So what I realized was, you know, UD has so many great opportunities, so many great resources for students and, and staff and faculty, but why was there not more, of those opportunities um, for the general community, right? So like I was simultaneously doing a lot of uh, nonprofit work and volunteering in Wilmington. And during my junior, senior year, Wilmington was really being branded as um, as Murder Town USA. Right. And there was a whole thing about the Netflix show that was uh, potentially gonna happen. And it was just, it was just a time where I was like, well, you know what, um, what if we could sort of flip that on its head and say, and paint a different picture of creativity and innovation and problem solving and people who want to make a difference in the world. So I said, you know, I've gained a lot from participating in pitch competitions. I've never won one myself up until that time, but I said, you know what, let's put on a pitch competition in Wilmington. Let's make it for young men of color who I do not see represented in other, um, opportunities and pitch competitions and entrepreneurship programs. And let's make sure that we have representation of other men of color who have gone on and who are right from Wilmington, Delaware, who've gone on to uh, become venture capitalists and become entrepreneurs and become, you know, technology CEOs. And let's have them judge the competition and serve as mentors to these young men and show them what is possible. So that was when I created uh, the I Have a Dream pitch competition. So that was back in 2017. And that was sort of my first quote unquote successful venture. Um, the first thing I really, you know, took from, from idea to, um, creation and put it out into the world and hosted it at 1313 Innovation in Wilmington, which is a great uh, co-working space, uh, that I was also interning at. And just the, the turnout from the community was absolutely amazing. Just the fact that, um, you know, moms and their sons were just, were, were super excited that this opportunity was, was a thing. Um, and then to see the young men engaging with the mentors for the first time, like these were people from their very own communities, but they've never met these individuals. 
um, but they were just getting guidance in how to make their ideas a reality, like how to stay motivated, how to keep it going. And I think that's what really pushed me to say, you know what? So like, like part of your purpose is to be an ecosystem builder. Like you're very good at creating a platform that empowers other people and connects people with resources and, and mentors and all that kind of good stuff. All the things that, um, that entrepreneurs need to be successful, right? Um, so taking that is sort of, um, what led me into eventually, uh, getting a, a master's in entrepreneurship, uh, right after undergrad, actually doing a program called summer founders at UD, which is probably the best program I think UD has to offer because, um, sorry, other UD programs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the best one. Yeah. UD has a lot of great programs. This was absolutely yeah. the best one. But it's, it's, it's what's called a pre-accelerator where students, a select group of students are allowed to participate in this program over 12 weeks over the summer. And during those 12 weeks, you are working as an entrepreneur on building your own startup from the ground up. So, um, some students will come in with an initial idea that they've already had. Others have maybe launched. Uh, a company and they're still trying to understand their unique value. They're trying to figure out their pitch and, you know, secure new customers and things like that. And then there are other people who maybe you don't even have an idea yet, but you're super involved in the entrepreneurial community and you're just, you're here to learn. You're here to figure it out. So I did that right after actually did it right after grad school. So that during that 12 weeks, you're actually paid <laughs> through a stipend to work for yourself. So it's a really unique opportunity in that basically you're told, okay, don't go and get a, a summer job. We're going to pay you to start your own thing. So during that um, opportunity was where I got to continue to just focus on understanding the problem that I wanted to solve. And that problem was revolving around, you know, diversity, access, inclusion, and equity within entrepreneurship within small business ownership and within the, the technology ecosystem. And I was just able, I was given the resources to travel more across the country, interview small business owners, tech entrepreneurs one-on-one -on -one, and understand their unique challenges. And I would always ask these people how their communities were supporting them as entrepreneurs. Like how was the ecosystem supporting them? And time and time again, I was hearing that, you know, for a lot of, entrepreneurs of color and women entrepreneurs, they were facing incredible barriers to get access to resources that they knew were available. Um, but for many different reasons, just were not being provided to them. were not readily available to them. And just my question was always just why, like, why is that? Why does that have to be? And it, it doesn't have to be. So I just, again, sort of saw my job as creating access <laughs> for individuals who, who needed um, that access to both mentorship, to funding, to um, education. Um, and I, I would go and I would learn from programs like, you know, your, uh, Y Combinator or Techstars, which are some of the um, top um, accelerator programs in the world, really. And understanding that those accelerators bridge the gap between entrepreneurs in need of resources to scale up and support their growth um, and connects them with resource providers with the mentors, it gives them funding. And 
in Delaware, what I was learning from, I wasn't just talking to entrepreneurs and business owners, but I was also talking to resource providers and trying to understand, well, why is there a gap between you and the entrepreneurs? And the resource providers all had different reasons for how they viewed the problem. Um, a lot of them saw it as a capacity problem. It was like, you know, we want to support the community. We want to support these, we want to support all entrepreneurs. Um, but for one, we don't have the capacity to put on the programming. Um, two, we don't know where to find more diverse entrepreneurs or those entrepreneurs are not attracted to the programming that we're actively putting together. And then sort of third would just be certain, certain organizations just didn't see it as a, as a problem. It was just kind of like, you know, we, we put things out. We're, we're super diverse. You know, this guy's from Ireland, you know, he's, you know, he's, <laughs> we're, we're diverse. It's all good. So, yeah. So that, that was, um, that was what really opened my eyes to both sides of the problem. And again, just understanding that bridging that gap was a training program that just supported people in the community and gave them access. So I, I met, um, Tamara Morris from, uh, Newcastle County government. She's a director of economic development. She's absolutely amazing. And, you know, she is really, you know, what I would call an early evangelist because she saw the problem resonated with the problem and just, you know, the current um, administration is, is super progressive in supporting innovation and the ecosystem. And, you know, we sat down and it was kind of like, okay, so what do we need to do? What are the gaps? Um, and what are your thoughts? And I said, you know what, we need an accelerator because this is what's going to bridge the gaps that you've mentioned with um, the gaps that the entrepreneurs have mentioned. And just from there, it was like, absolutely, let's do it. And let's use best practices from other communities. Um, but sort of the unique opportunity for Delaware was that we didn't have, we really didn't have an accelerator type of program. We definitely didn't have one focused on empowering people who are underrepresented, people of color, women, people who might identify as LGBTQIA anybody who's underrepresented within the, the greater entrepreneurship and technology ecosystem. Um, so we wanted to be the first, right? So Delaware is all about being the first. So started the first founders accelerator. And in our first cohort, we had eight local entrepreneurs participate. Um, so we, so we kept it small, intensely kept it small and just, it, it just learned that we had an opportunity to create a program that wasn't one size fits all, but it was able to be adapted and iterated on as we went through the 12 week program. So inviting entrepreneurs to come in and then assessing sort of what they were working on, where they're at in their process, um, what they know now, what they need to know, what resources they need to get. And then being able to, to, to step in and assist each individual um, in, a, in a unique way throughout the, the 12 weeks. So some of the participants included Individuals like um, Kemba Hall. Kemba Hall uh, at the time was a UD engineering master's student. So she was already super busy. <laughs> and then she had then decided to uh, dedicate her Saturday mornings to joining the First Founders Accelerator cohort. And, you know, the, the problem that she identified because she experienced the problem herself was being a woman of color, being a woman with coarse and curly hair, you know, when she would go into various stores and beauty shops, she was not able to find the products that were right for her type of hair. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to finding stylists, not every stylist knew what to do with her hair as well. 
So that was her unique experience. And then the challenge that we we put out there for anybody participating in the program is, okay, validate the problem, right? Like if you're, if you're saying that's a, a problem, is there a market, right? Do other people have their problem? So she went out and she interviewed other women who she thought had the problem. And time and time again, she heard the same exact things. So she ended up creating what's called HairSense. Her startup was called HairSense. And it's a platform, essentially an app that connects women with coarse and curly hair with, uh, products that are right for their specific type of hair, as well as um, salon owners and stylists who can do the styles that they want to do right in their local communities. So I think, and that really touches on sort of uh, another reason why we created the program was because for one, I see innovation, I see it as a, a process and it's not so much about us just putting out a program and saying, Hey, we're, we're looking for entrepreneurs we're not necessarily looking for people who've already started a thing, but we're looking for people who are passionate about solving a problem, people who have unique backgrounds and experiences. And those experiences give them insights into markets. And then when we empower those individuals and give them the resources to become entrepreneurs, they're going to develop the businesses and the companies that are going to step into the market and create value for people who need those, those products and services. So that's Kemba. We also had uh, Mike Shoemate. He was at the time, he was actually a high schooler. <laughs> so he was our, our youngest participant, high school senior. And, you know, his unique experience was, you know, having experience in middle school and high school with anxiety and depression and bullying, right? Like any, a lot of people in, in middle school and high school, but he didn't leave it there. He said, I'm going to do something about it. So his solution was actually to create a video game. And why a video game? For one, he's a gamer, right? And that's one thing that he used, he uses to, um, to cope with stress and entertain himself. And he has a lot of friends that are gamers. And he realized there's a great opportunity with so many kids playing video games that we could use a video game as a tool to actually help people through these really challenging situations. So, um, he's building a video game right now called Outcast Guardian Angel. And since graduating the program last May, so May of 2019, he ended up enrolling at UD and getting super involved at Horn as well. And he actually participated in a pitch competition last fall where he was one of 31 students um, everywhere. They were, you know, freshmen through seniors and he won first place pitching his startup. So like, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So that we just, I just, I get a lot of joy in just knowing that I at least played a small role in helping people like push their ideas forward and continue along on their journeys. And we did a lot of pitching in first founders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think we helped him get ready for that. So just in the last couple of minutes was the first time that you mentioned market. Mm-hmm. And before you had kind of talked about it as problem focus. And uh, for you, was that one of the things you learned between the first pitch that didn't go so well for you. And, you know, that long research period kind of was that problem focus was really important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in my first pitch, um, I really had, uh, I had a few different things that I needed to work on. Um, one of those things was, was clarity and just helping people understand, okay, what is it that you're trying to do here? Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people with ideas, you can, you know, stand up and you'll get super excited and be like, oh, it's going to be this and this and this It's going to do that and that and that. And you sort of just throw all these things out there and it's not really a cohesive story mm-hmm. and it doesn't help people. Your, your messaging doesn't help people understand what it is that you're trying to do. 
So yes, what I was missing was, okay, what problem are you solving for one? And then, you know, is this a real problem? Like, do you have any evidence to tell us that this is a real problem and not just something that you think is a problem? Um, and then on top of that, you know, then from there you get more into the the business model and people, of course, one of the first questions is going to be, okay, well, how are you going to make money? And that was definitely something I had not thought of in the beginning, in the beginning stages, but taking that experience, you know, that I learned and helping other people understand like, look, this is what people are going to come at you with. If, if you ever pitch in a competition or if you're pitching to, you could be pitching to a potential client and an, an investor, a potential partner, really anyone, but you really have to make sure that your, your messaging is clear and uh, concise. Yeah. And it sounds like you kind of experienced, you almost simulated your own first founded accelerator going out there, meeting other entrepreneurs of color, getting a little inspired on, you know, what they could do and seeing examples out there. And you were able to translate that into really understanding that problem and really building something that's going to address it in Delaware, which is, yeah, which is great. Um, so you mentioned a couple, uh, individual outcomes. What do you hope? uh, I mean, you, you know, you said you're, you're really happy by their successes and seeing them build on future successes. What are you hoping for overall in terms of kind of the next year, let's say, and the next 10, 15 years in terms of outcomes? Yeah, no, that's a great question because it's, so I'm still early on in, in this journey of, of even building out first founders and we're only on our second cohort. So right now, actually we have two weeks left in our second cohort and we are growing and expanding. So, right. The first cohort had eight entrepreneurs. This second cohort has 30. So we have, we're up to 30 entrepreneurs and we've expanded it to be, um, even more than just Delaware. So the majority of participants are Delaware residents. Um, some are still students at the University of Delaware. A few of them are students at Delaware State University. Others are, um, are alumni and might just be just general community members that work, they work at the library or, you know, do any other range of things. But we also have participants who live in Philadelphia. We have one who lives in uh, California. She actually works at Google as a UX researcher right now, uh, which is super cool. So just knowing that like we're able to create something that is based in Delaware, but meets the needs of underrepresented entrepreneurs and talented individuals all over the country and all over, all over the world. There's even, um, uh, Naomi, she's in our cohort. She, she's a Delaware resident. She works in Dover, but she's currently visiting family in Kenya. And she's been participating in our, in our program virtually as we all are right now. Um, but she's been calling in from Kenya for these sessions. And that is like, <laughs> that is like the most amazing thing. So we are technically a global program now. Right. Which is awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to keep that going. I want to, I want to grow it to the point where again, we're just meeting the needs of people in communities all over, all over the world. And do you what think we, that makes it more powerful for Delaware? Um, based on your first experiences with that? Yeah. So what I've learned is that, um, so we're empowering local entrepreneurs and showing them what Delaware has to offer, right? Bringing in mentors from Delaware Prosperity Partnership, bringing in people from the SBDC um, to do virtual mentor sessions and coaching sessions. 
So our local entrepreneurs are getting an understanding of, oh, wow, like this is right in my backyard. I had no idea this, these people were here. This resource was here. And then for people who are outside of Delaware, they're seeing Delaware as this thing, like this community that is super forward thinking and innovative. And, you know, for someone in California to see a program in Delaware that's focused on empowering people um, of underrepresented backgrounds and like they connect with that and they identify with that. And that's not something that's being offered in their community. They're seeing Delaware as a place that they might want to move to or they at least want to be in this community. They want to be a part of the entrepreneurial ecosystem that is, is, is growing here in some way. Um, so that's been, that's been pretty cool. And I think too, it's about, um, you know, we, we experimented with the, with a focus, with an industry focus, sort of this for this cohort, which was, um, the FinHealth challenge. So we put out a challenge and said, you know, we're looking for, people who accept the challenge of, um, of coming into this program, forming diverse teams and developing solutions that are going to improve financial health. That's sort of like the general challenge. So why we were doing that for one, you know, Delaware is becoming, and it's sort of like branding itself as a FinTech leader. So leader in financial technology. And of course we already have, you know, the big banks, things like that but we don't have a lot of fintech startups. So I saw first founders as a great opportunity because since we are developing entrepreneurs, I said, let's challenge them within the fintech space. And is it possible for us to develop fintech entrepreneurs within Delaware from, from the ground up people who are not coming in with ideas, but are coming in with talent and, and passion to make a difference. And, it's been super, super cool. So not everyone in this cohort is focused on in FinTech, but a good number of the teams have come together. They've, they formed teams in the program and they did not come in with an idea, but now they're working on things that are going to help individuals uh, not become victims to predatory lending practices. We've got an app that's being developed that's going to connect millennials with their local credit unions. We've got sort of more consulting services for millennials who want to in, start investing, um, investing their money and preparing for the future and just all these amazing things that did not exist before, uh, before the program started. But since just put, we put the challenge out there and connected individuals with leaders in the fintech space with leaders of not just, not just fintech companies, but also the credit unions bringing in people who have experience working at, uh, JP Morgan or Ally Bank or Bank of America, uh, who can come in and just serve as mentors who can say, well, this is how we've done that process internally at a larger institution. And, you know, that knowledge is then transferred to these individuals who are going to do it on a smaller scale, but they're able to move much, <laughs> much more quickly as startup entrepreneurs. So that's been pretty cool to see thus far. So I think I want to do, we want to do a lot more of that, like really challenging people to focus on a, a, an industry or on a market and, and seeing what sort of comes out on the other end. It sounds like, I mean, because you are engaging underrepresented groups, there's particular parts of that problem that might be underrepresented in the solutions that are out there. So the fintech world, it sounds like when you say predatory lending and all those other things, they're particularly low income communities of color are dealing with that to a greater degree, I would imagine, than the the population at large. you mentioned that you went virtually as we all have. I mean, how has the accelerator, this cohort been affected uh, by COVID-19 and 
having to go totally virtual. Yeah, no, it's, it's been challenging for everyone. Um, luckily for us, our program was already a mix of, of physical and virtual. So originally the plan was we were going to meet at the Route 9 Innovation Library um, in Newcastle every Saturday. So our Saturday, we have Saturday education sessions, which are about four hours long. Those are in person. Then during the week, we schedule virtual mentor sessions. And we do virtual mentor sessions because we have mentors who are joining us from all over the country. They might be running growth marketing at Facebook in New York, or they might be um, investors at Samsung Next in San Francisco. And these individuals have uh, dedicated an hour of their time to come in and sort of coach this cohort of entrepreneurs throughout the week. So we already had those mentor sessions set up. They were all on Zoom meetings anyway. Um, and then when everything started shutting down, it was pretty easy for us to just transfer over to Zoom since we were, we were already a few weeks in. Um, and also since we had expanded from being just a local program, everyone who was outside of Delaware was calling in via Zoom meetings anyway. So even during the Saturday sessions, people were calling in. Um, so it wasn't too difficult to, to make that transition. But what became challenging, of course, then is like now it's not just so, so for one, entrepreneurship is, is already super stressful. And a lot of our cohort members are doing this for the first time. And they're, on, they're realizing, oh, wow, like this is a lot of work. And I have this on top of maybe, like I'm still in school or maybe I work full time and I, I do this after, after work. So they're seeing that, wow, I have to get really good with, with time management. And also just this whole thing is super confusing and super stressful. It's a lot of ups and a lot of downs and back and forth and iterations. And, you know, do I know if I'm doing the right thing? I don't know. And it, that just comes with the territory. But that, then, you know, then we have this whole pandemic and then it, it just takes that to a whole nother level because now people are being forced to move out of their uh, student housing on campus. We have individuals who are being you know laid off from work, all different types of, of scenarios. And for a little bit there, like while things were just shutting down in Delaware um, for the first time, I think it, we actually had a kind of a cool experience because I felt like at our next class, people wouldn't show up because I was like, I was like, there's just a lot going on. And I want right. to push people to feel like, look, you have to focus on first rounders right now. Like it's not the most important thing in your life right now. But, you know, I opened the call for that Saturday education session and everybody was jumping on the call and ready to go. And I was just, I was super, I was shocked. <laughs> I was really shocked. I thought we'd probably have like a handful of people, but almost the entire cohort was there. And it was just amazing because they started telling me that, you know, they were like, this is something that we don't have. Like for one, we're all social distancing. Right. And we don't have a lot of times where just communities are getting together. There are of course like events and webinars and things like that, but we don't have those community experiences, like that place we can go and hang out with other like-minded people and get support on what we're thinking about. Um, so first founders sort of became that, which was, was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, as it, as it continued on, then it became, you know, everybody's still sort of adjusting to this whole thing. No one's sure. No one has normalized this or, or gotten used to it just yet. So it definitely has its, its fluctuations. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're, we're still getting ready for demo day. Still going to graduate the cohort, uh, May 9th. We're going to do a virtual demo day. So right here on Zoom. 
but it's really a time for all the founders to present what they've been working on throughout the past 12 weeks, talking about their ideas, talking about very briefly, you know, why this program mattered to them. And then, um, yeah, just, just, just putting them in front of people who are going to hopefully create value for them as well. People who might connect them to various resources that they'll need to, to keep going. People who could serve as potential mentors. The majority of them will not be ready for investment, but it, they could be learning from investors and get an understanding of how to build a startup that could receive an investment in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I'm working on right now. That's, that's yeah. next up. Uh, since you mentioned, you know, that one of the things people want to know is how you're going to make money from it, from ventures. Could you talk about the business model, how you're getting support for this? Yeah. So, uh, first founders is now actually a nonprofit. So originally that was something that I, I struggled with. It was like, I want to support early stage entrepreneurs, right. And looking at other accelerators, they take equity in the startups that participate and that wasn't something that was going to work for me because <laughs> especially knowing that, okay, these are entrepreneurs who are just starting out. They're not, they're not even incorporated yet. So I couldn't even take equity if I, if I wanted to, but I, I did not want to take equity. Right. Um, so thankfully with our partners and our sponsors, we're able to sustain the program. So we have amazing partners like uh, Newcastle County government and their NCC innovates program. Uh, we have Delaware Prosperity Partnership, which is absolutely amazing. And then we receive a lot of in-kind support also. And, and our mentors also are generous and they will cover the costs of various expenses. So if we need to have a meeting at the mill, you know, we've had a mentor who's, you know, sponsored food and, and, you know, purchased the time for us to reserve one of the, um, one of the meeting rooms. Um, so I want to expand from there. And as we continue to make the program bigger and better, um, hopefully getting some larger corporate sponsorships. So especially with our focus on fintech, it would be great if we could find a larger bank to really sponsor, like, you know, sponsor the program maybe for a year or sponsor a number of entrepreneurs to go through the program so we can keep it going. So right now, you know, we're a, a lean startup <laughs> ourselves um, and still, again, still figuring it out, but have been able to do a lot with very little to date. I mean, you mentioned that you've already become kind of a global program. Uh, what is it about Delaware that you feel kind of makes it um, valuable for it to be rooted here? Yeah, I think, yeah, the best thing about Delaware, there are a lot of great things, but one of them is just how easy it is to connect with other people. You know, just networking is is pretty simple in Delaware. <laughs> and if you, if you, if there's somebody who you don't know, um, you can ask somebody who you do know, and chances are they know that person and can introduce you and they will, they will gladly introduce you to that person. So it's been great, um, building my network in Delaware and just knowing that it is relatively tight knit community of people working together to really build up this ecosystem because we all see the potential and we see that we have the talent here and we just need to keep pushing and create, and we have to create more programming. We have to create more opportunities and, you know, people have been just super, super supportive of that uh, thus far. So I think, um, so for me, that's, that's why I love Delaware. And I think from the outside looking in, a lot of people are seeing what we're doing and it's something, these are things that are not being offered in their communities and they're looking at us as leaders and saying, you know, 
that's something either I want to be a part of, or that's something we should replicate. And we should, we should look to do that in our community as well. So I think as we are leaders in the first state, that's something that's totally acceptable to me too. It's not just about attracting people to us, but can we inspire other communities to, to do things the right way as well? Great. So plans are underway for the third cohort or where are you at with that? Right now I'm, I'm trying to, I'm focused on graduating this cohort. (laughs) I have learned that, that, um, yeah, I, I definitely have to prioritize things. And I, as an entrepreneur myself, I oftentimes, you know, just get consumed with like working on the next thing without having finished the first thing first. So I want to make our demo day the best it can possibly be for this cohort. And then, and then yes, we will be working on figuring out the third cohort. And I'm excited because I have had, I have been having a few meetings with um, various local uh, potential partners and sponsors throughout the past few weeks. And I think especially as people see the outcomes of this cohort, um, they'll be excited to, to support and collaborate in the future. It's great and a good lesson to finish things you start and not, you know, get too far down the pike (laughs) on the next things. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, So I really enjoyed talking to you today, Gary, and learning about you and the program. Uh, As we close here, can you tell us kind of what are some of the best ways for people to stay in touch with the accelerator, learn more about it, be involved, those kinds of things? Absolutely. Yeah. So I thank you for having me. This was, this was awesome. Um, And thank you for, you know, creating this as a platform. I think, um, the more we can do that, the better. But some some ways to stay in touch with us. So our website is firstfounders.org. You can go on firstfounders.org, join our email list to stay up to date with uh, what's going on, get invitations to our demo days. Also, if you're interested in serving as a mentor or if you're a resource provider and you want to provide some resources or sponsor a program or sponsor an entrepreneur, like you can reach out on the website. Also on the site, we'll be posting more content from throughout this cohort and previous cohorts, um, various education sessions we've hosted because we think, you know, there's just so much rich knowledge being shared in the program and we want as many people to be able to benefit from that as possible. So we're going to be sharing that on our website, which is firstfounders.org. And on social media, our Instagram is at firstfounders. And then, so on Instagram, we post a lot of educational content. We're posting pitch videos from our cohort members. And we also have, we have Twitter, which is also first founders, but it doesn't have an E at the end. And, um, similar to Instagram, we're just posting uh, weekly content and things like that. So we'll be ramping things up when the program concludes to sort of just keep educating the community, keeping people engaged. But those are all channels that you can follow and, of course, reach out if you have any questions or want, want to get involved. Sounds great, Gary. Thanks a lot for your time today. Awesome. Take Thank care you. over the next several weeks. Yes, you too. You too. Right. Stay safe. Thank you. As a reminder to listeners, this episode was recorded on April 23rd, 2020. For more information about the First Founders Accelerator, visit firstfounders.org and follow the Accelerator on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's all we have for this episode. I'm Troy Mix from the University of Delaware, IPA. To learn more about IPA, you can visit us at bidenschool.udel.edu slash IPA. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you'll join us again soon for more First State Insights.